You're gonna need a bigger boat. Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! I'm having an old friend for dinner. You are a toy! She wouldn't even have a fly. You can't handle the truth! I'll be back. English motherfucker, do you speak it? Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. And welcome back to another episode of Cinematic Distancing. I mean social blind spots. I mean cinematic quarantine. No, this is, well, actually cinematic quarantine would kind of work right now, wouldn't it, Josh? (laughs) Hey, yeah, it does kind of work, Adam. I haven't been to a movie theater in over a month now. Good God. Can't believe it. Just after I bought that stupid Regal Unlimited membership. It's like I can't use it anymore. Valentine's Day. I oh, went yeah, on Valentine's that's right. Day to see Fantasy Island, so right. that is the last time I got to visit a theater, and I'm like, oh, so well, sad. Yeah, yes it is. Now, there's still plenty of stuff for us to watch. I, I actually found out something. I mean, I know everyone's talking about Tiger King right now. I actually found out something about that show that was like, made me go, okay, maybe I do need to see that. Because I followed Big Cat Rescue on YouTube for years and have wanted really? to act, yes and have actually wanted to go visit uh, them um there's a guy don't want to do that <laughs> yeah apparently not apparently i might get eaten um uh, it's like whenever i actually looked up this carol baskins character i was like holy shit no way um so yeah because i mean there was um the, you know like the the the, the instagram and and popular cats that you find you know like grumpy cat and little bub and guys like that um well there was one i haven't heard anything from him in a while but there's one called cole and marmalade it's a it's a duo called cole and marmalade and the guy who is their um cat dad whatever you want to call it his name is his, his name is chris and he used to work at big cat rescue so Uh-oh. i guess i will eventually stories he might. I guess I will eventually have to break down and watch, uh, watch uh, um, Tiger King, which I really don't want to because that just that, that looks looks terrifying. I mean, I thought I went to, I thought I lived in a redneck part of the uh, country, but um, just from what I've seen of that show, I was like, nope, um, it could be a lot worse. Well, there is someone from South Carolina on the show, so. Oh, okay. Well, I guess yay for us then. <laughs> Although I have heard it's pretty interesting that the uh, the um, the prosecutors or like the 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 detectives who were who were um, investigating the death of what was his name Joe Exotic. Um, well, he didn't die. Joe Exotic's not the one that died. Oh, he's not the one that died. Okay, well, whoever's the one that died, Dude. like they actually they've actually reopened the case against carol baskin based on what what the show has brought forward i'm like that's probably the first time that's ever happened no actually it's not because you think about it netflix released that making a murderer a few years ago and that documentary pretty much got those people exonerated I think. oh yeah you're so right i, I, I never it, saw it, that one but yeah i guess you're right i didn't watch it either but i remember after it came out them talking about i think i think it got them exonerated so i guess it'd be the opposite of opening the case closed the case well i mean it, it reopened the case and, I, I yeah think. yeah they would have Either to reopen way, the case same. to exonerate someone right well that but is yeah, it's definitely you need to go ahead and watch it it's not it's not long it's i mean it's seven episodes but they're only about 45 minutes they're not even an hour okay well i also need to watch yeah. the new episode of, or the new season of um ozark while i'm at it much as I love that show. Yeah, I do too. Um, but anyways, today we are talking about, I mean, I guess, let's see, what is it, May? Summer is coming. Yeah. So I thought now would be a good time to talk about a movie from 2009 or 2010, depending on where you were living when it came out. We're talking about an anime film called Summer Wars. Now with that title, did you look up any, like, um any uh synopsis or like brief little thing about you know blurbs talking about what the what the movie was about no i had no idea okay so man you must have been in for a ride because (laughs) 
Uh, well, well, we'll get into that in a minute. But uh, no, this movie has a Rotten Tomato critic score of 78% and an audience score of 88%. Directed by Mamoru Hosoda. I could not find a budget. I'm guessing you didn't either. No, I did not. Okay. Well, I did find the worldwide gross, which was $18.4 million. And uh, according to Wikipedia, the film was well-received by critics and the general audience and was was financially successful. Um, so if it was financially successful at $18.4 million, it must not have cost much to make. Um, but it did win several awards. It won the 2010 uh, Japan Academy Prize for Animation of the Year. I guess that's like their version of the Oscars. Um, 2010 Japan Media Arts Festival Animation Division Grand Prize. The Anaheim International Film Festival's Audience Award for Best Animated Feature and was nominated for the 2009 Golden Leopard Award at the Locarno International Film Fest. Thought that was pretty interesting. All that came from Wikipedia. I did not memorize all that. I just read it off my off of my notes. <laughs> oh, my memory's not that great. Uh, so yeah, with a name like Summer Wars, I did I the first time I actually saw this movie was when I was living in Japan because a friend of mine had recommended it to me. So I went to the little video rental place down the street. You know, they still rent physical media over there. Um, and found it, brought it home, popped it into my Blu-ray player and started watching it only to realize there was no English track and there were no English subtitles. Like, oh. oh boy, here we go. We get to uh, see just how good my Japanese skills are. And to be honest with you, they were not that great. <laughs> there were, I was able to pick up on a few things, but not a lot. Um but uh, I don't know if you recognize the name at the beginning when they were showing like the different studios that produced this film. One of them was Madhouse, which was the same animation studio that worked on Tokyo Godfathers. And when you think about it, when you think about the 2009-2010 when this movie came out, that was a decade ago or over a decade ago. It's so crazy for me to think about 2009 as being over a decade ago. But when you that think... That is crazy. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Because that feels like it was just yesterday. I feel like I should still be 24 and not 34. Um, but uh, this movie is all about technology. And when I look back at 2009 and what they thought about, you know, social networking especially, it just blows my mind to think about how far technology like that has come since since this movie came out. Because, I mean, you think, in 2009, I don't know if Snapchat was a thing. I'm not even sure if Instagram was a thing. We certainly didn't have TikTok or WhatsApp. Um, right. Like, there was Twitter, and there was Facebook, and hell, I think even um, MySpace was pretty much dead by 2009, if I'm not mistaken. But this I'm movie, not sure. Yeah. But this movie starts out with a message welcoming you to Oz, the world's biggest social network. And it's not just, I mean, yeah, you are, I mean, when you see, like, the, the, the screen on people's phones and stuff like that, it doesn't look very interesting. But when you see things from the perspective of the avatars inside of Oz, it's kind of cool. It's just a really weird-looking social, uh, social network on the inside. Um, it is true, but I, I was immediately getting ready player one vibes from this opening. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of right because Oz, osmosis, the, I mean, the oasis, <laughs> the oasis. Yes. Yeah. The the oasis. Oasis. Jesus, yeah I had, I hadn't even considered that, but you're absolutely right because you know, there's a zillion different little avatars running around. Now they're not all licensed characters like they were in, in, um, ready player one. Um, but, but, you know, this voice is going on about, you know, how Oz has the most advanced encryption system known to man and like everything about your life can be done through Oz. You can buy houses, buy cars, you can do your taxes. You know, if you, you can do business through Oz, you know, depending on, I mean, I guess whatever your job may be, there's a way you can do your job through Oz. And... I find that kind of horrifying, honestly, uh, and for good reason. 
um, as we see what happens later on in this movie. Um, but um, yeah, many local governments are represented. You can, like I said, you can pay your taxes online. Do you know anybody who would want to use Facebook to pay their taxes? Yeah, probably not. I don't think so either. I'd be like, you know what? Yeah. I would rather go pay it in person before I paid it on Facebook. Um, and I, I, I love this. There are these two giant whales just kind of circling the main hub of Oz. One pink, one blue, and their names are John and Yoko. <laughs> and they are the quote-unquote guardian angels of Oz. Now, um, as the... as the day gets started for, for some of these characters. You hear news blurbs about an asteroid probe satellite that has uh, had a lot of glitches taking up orbit around the Earth. It's supposed to release an asteroid core sample that it's carrying or something. And like it, when I first saw this movie, I didn't get any of that because it was all in Japanese. I had no idea what they were talking about. Um, but that actually comes back to play later on in the film. Um, we see... Inside the Oz mainframe, whatever you want to call it, there are these two avatars that are working together. And one of them is saying that he was almost chosen to represent Japan. So we're like, and what? We don't know yet. Now we cut to those two guys in real life. They're just a couple of students in the school computer lab, you know, working, I guess, on Oz. When this girl bursts in asking if one of them would like a job. Now, what would you have thought if a if some girl went to your high school, like the most popular girl in school, just kind of bust in and said, hey, you want a job? You'd be like, uh, what kind of job? Maybe? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, one of them just offer, offers to help. Like, Absolutely, I can do it without even without even knowing what the job is. She needs someone to go well, they, on... they both volunteer to do it. Yeah, well, one of them volunteers first, and then the friend's like, oh, but no, but you got to stay here and work. And then she's like, oh, well, I just needed someone to go on a trip with me to the countryside. And then the other one's like, I'll go. So, yeah, both of them did. And I think and I think later on, they, one of them mentions like, ah, stupid rock, paper, scissors. Why do I always lose or something like that? So, yeah, they, they played rock, paper, scissors to see who got to go on this trip with her. Um, but see, I didn't realize that. So when they both volunteered, then you get the Summer Wars title card. Mm-hmm. I thought this movie was going to be about them battling it out for this girl. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is where I thought this movie was going when that happened. Well, no, because whenever they both volunteered, she was like, two would make things a little bit complicated. This invitation's only for one. No, I know that. That's why I said I thought the oh, movie oh, okay. you was going to be, be them, them battling to see who got to go. Okay, okay. I see where you're I didn't think it was going to immediately be one of them was going and then we get into the story. I thought the Summer Wars was going to be between these two guys fighting over who gets to go with this girl. Yeah. Well, that that would have been an appropriate story arc for a movie like with a name like Summer Wars. Um, but um, no, they, she just needs someone to go on a trip with her. So this main right. character, this guy's name is Kenji, and the girl's name is Natsuki. He gets chosen, or he gets to go. Uh, and while while he's traveling, you know, on the trains, we see back inside Oz, we see this one avatar who is this anthropomorphic rabbit wearing, like, a red vest and blue jeans. He looks pretty badass, and he is tearing up some enemies playing, like, in the video game side of Oz. Because just like you've got games on Facebook, you've got games on Oz, and he's like, you know, just tearing through all these enemies and setting world records and stuff. So, um, he meets up with, uh, Kenji meets up with Natsuki to take the bullet train, and you know me, I love, I love shit like this, because I'm like, ha, I know what riding on a bullet train's like, it's fun. <laughs> um, seriously, when those things leave the station, you can feel yourself getting, like, pushed back in the seat. That's how quickly they accelerate. Um... Now, this is when we find out what Kenji was almost chosen to represent for. He was almost a math Olympian for Japan. And he's some kind of a savant. He's able to tell the day of the week Natsuki was born just by her birthday. Right. And, like, what year. So he knows exactly what day it was. So while they're traveling, Natsuki is telling him that they're going to her, the family home for her great grandma's 90th birthday. They, uh, the family 
This family goes back 16 generations and used to be really wealthy, but not anymore. Um, apparently, the, the great-grandfather kind of squandered all of their money. I do think it's pretty amazing to know your family's history back 16 generations. Because this family, throughout the rest of this movie, does not want you to forget their proud heritage. Which, I think is pretty awesome. Right. Like, I can't name anybody past my great-grandmother. <laughs> That's it. Um, so th- they get to this house. It, they they got to take, like, a Shen Well, they run into her sister on the way there first. Well, was it right? her sister or was it her aunt? I think it was her See, aunt. I thought, maybe you're right. I was, okay, it was her aunt with the kids? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think there's all, like, aunts and uncles. I don't know. I don't think Natsuki has a sister. I know she has a mother and father, okay. but they're not there yet. Um, so yeah, but as, as soon the, as they say that and that they're going to the grandma's house, I put in my notes. She's bringing Kenji as a fake boyfriend, isn't she? <laughs> very, very good. Like idea. I have that in my notes right here. <laughs> very, very astute so. observation because that is exactly what <laughs> she's doing. Um, so, but whenever they get there to this house, it's this old Japanese estate. It's really awesome, and he mistakenly wishes Natsuki's aunt. Was it her aunt or her grandmother? I think it was her grandmother. A a happy 90th birthday. And she's like, no, it's my mother's 90th birthday. This house is huge, and there's like old samurai armor and stuff on display. um, But yeah, then it's time to meet Grandma, and Natsuki's just like, hey, follow my lead. Just follow my lead. And this is where Natsuki claims that not only is Kenji her boyfriend, but her fiancé. Right, it did go a step further than what I had in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, you see Grandma get, like, really, really stern whenever, she's, whenever she says that. And she looks at Kenji and straight up asks if he would die for her, if he would die for Natsuki. And he's like, uh, uh, yeah, sure, sure I would. Like, okay, cool, you seem good. Like, like Grandma just seems to like him. Um, yep. Now, as soon as they're outside again, Kenji is just like, what the hell? I can't do this. She's like, I'm sorry. I just needed someone to pretend to be my boyfriend. She was she was afraid that, that you know, because they mentioned that Grandma had like a health scare earlier in the year. And she was afraid that, that Grandma might not live to, to meet her fiancé. So she had him pose as a fake fiancé. Uh, she's made up this story that he's from an old family. He's going to Tokyo University and he studied abroad in America for a year. And Kenji's like, that's the complete opposite of me. But it's only four <laughs> days. It's only for four days. So, and right. she's and she says, as long as soon as we're gone, I'll tell them we broke up. Now, there's more and more family keeps showing up. There's a huge family here. There's probably. For most of the movie, probably about 20 people here, not counting Kenji and Natsuki and not counting little kids. Um, and they're watching, you know, one of them, one of the aunts is just obsessed with this baseball tournament because I think it's her son who's playing in this high school baseball tournament. I can't remember. It's one of the family members. Yeah, it is. But I didn't realize that till almost the end. <laughs> yeah, see, that that was another thing. Like, there are so many characters in this movie, like... The first couple times I watched it, I don't think I even caught that this guy, this 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 baseball player, was a member of the family. I thought it was just someone she really I, liked. I know I did. I was like, man, are they that obsessed with high school baseball over there? Because I could not figure out why they were so obsessed with this game, I, with this team in particular. I think that, I mean they they are pretty. I mean I that is, that is one of my great regrets is I did not go see a Japanese baseball game while I was there. And from what I understand, they get pretty into it, like just as much as Americans do. I mean, just think think about like American obsession with college football, and I guess it makes sense. Um, yeah, I guess. Now, like one of these, but no, uncle- you do find out it is the son. So yeah, that yeah, is why the, you do find it. She's yeah. so obsessed. Mm-hmm. Um, now we meet like there's three uncles. Um, one of them owns a fishing company. One of them is a doctor. One of them, I think works for the SDF, which is, a um, was it SDF or the, it's the, it's the Japan military, basically the, um, spe- uh, self-defense force, I think is what they call it. Um, I love the fisherman here because he brings them squid, mm-hmm. more squid, and then squid for dessert. Yes. And they're all, I was like, and it's all live too. Like they're eating like live squid. Like, oh God. 
Like, I, I, I'm usually pretty okay about eating weird stuff, but for some reason, I just can't bring myself to eat something that still looks like a squid. It's got to be, like, cut up in rings and fried for me to eat it. Well, I've eaten an octopus tentacle looking like the tentacle. Like, not fried? So that'd be... No, it wasn't fried. No, it was oh, raw. Interesting. So I have well, done that. I'll never forget the first time I flew to Japan. I was I was staying at a hotel, and my hotel had a little convenience store in it. And I went downstairs and was looking for, like, something. I have no idea what I'm going to be getting. And I'm looking at this one bag of dried something, trying to figure out what the hell it is. And finally it hit me. Oh, my God, that's a jellyfish. <laughs> really dried jellyfish. I don't know if I want to eat that. <laughs> I wouldn't want to eat that either. Um. And, and, and one of Natsuki's cousins shows up. He's a cop, and he is furious that Natsuki is engaged to Kenji. And he's like, damn, I was too slow. Like, I'm sorry, what? To to get with your cousin? Huh? I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, guess I we're going back to Can't Hardly Wait with this second, because he was a second cousin, too. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I guess maybe second cousins are huh, not, not, not completely off limits. Um, and this is the this is also the cousin that says he's been watching Natsuki since she was one centimeter. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I've known her since she was this big, and he holds up his fingers in the real close. And, and I guess I guess it was his mom. She's like one centimeter, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, now I did not even bother with writing down any of the names because there are just so many freaking people in this movie. Yeah, um, no, like like I said, I, was I think there's a lot of the time. I think there's three three uncles and their wives, and then their kids, and yeah, there's there's just a shit ton of people here. Um, I love that one of them is like the the crazy redneck uncle that every family has. Even yeah, that that that, that was they, that was they, the uh, <laughs> that was the the fisherman, the one with the blonde hair and the mustache. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was probably my favorite too. Um, <laughs> Especially when I watched this one in Japanese, because his voice sounded... Of course, this is one of those few animes that I can watch in either Japanese or in English, because the English dub is all right. I mean, there's a few points in there where it's like, come on, really? But uh, for the most part, it's a good dub. Um, (laughs) uh, Uncle Fisher, while... I I just called him Uncle Fisher. Uncle Fisher starts... while While they're all sitting around, he starts telling a story about some battle that the family fought centuries in the past. Like, because I guess... I mean, in in ancient Japanese, they call it the feudal period. Like, like feud. Because, like, instead of being one united country, there were were their own little, um, like, states, I guess. Like, each little... um, Not prefecture. I forget the word. Um, But, like... It, it, like like they it basically it was just like the whole country was kind of like at each other's throats. I mean, sure there were some that were allies, but it was it was not like they were not loyal to to the country. They were loyal to their family and to their clan, to their to their shogun. That was the that was what they called it, the shogun. Um, so yeah, I guess this whole family was its own like little samurai group. And I honestly think, like I said, it's amazing for someone to know their family history that much. Yeah, yeah. So later that night, while all the kids are getting baths, like, Kenji gets lost wandering around the house. Because this house is so big, he gets <laughs> lost. And he sees a light. You got a random naked baby running through. <laughs> yeah, it'll, well, that that comes uh, that comes later. Um, oh, yeah, that is after you're talking about, I know what you're about to yeah. yeah, you're right, um, that is after that. Well, while he's, uh, he's walking around, he sees... Um, a light coming from one room and he finds this kid, this little kid, I don't know, looks like maybe 12 or 13 sitting at a computer all by himself. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm lost. The kid's like the bathroom's down that way. He, he's just so, so engrossed with his computer. Doesn't really care. Doesn't really pay Kenji much attention. And yes, this is the point where he turns a corner and sees one of the little kids running butt naked down the hall. And then Natsuki starts to step out in the hallway after the kid. Cause she was in there helping the kids take their baths and she sees Kenji and he's like, ah, I didn't, I didn't see anything. I swear. I didn't see anything. Now that was okay. But then in the very next scene, when it's his turn to get a bath, he does the creepiest thing. He's sitting yes, there. He does. He's sitting there looking at the bathtub going, Oh, Natsuki was just in this water. And he goes, and he goes, it takes this huge whiff. I'm like, dude, what the hell? 
But this next part was hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah, when the when the two little boys just pop up out of the bathwater because yes. they were they were like seeing who could hold their breath the longest or something. Right. Uh, that was I'm great. like, thank goodness you broke that up because that was very <laughs> creepy. <laughs> um, and now um, after his bath, he gets back to the dining area, and a new family member has arrived. Natsuki's uncle, and his name is Wabisuke. I, as far as I'm sure, as far as I know, that's W-A-B-I-S-U-K-E, Wabisuke. And they're Better like, than this... I have, because I have W-A-B-A-S-K-A-A, because I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was giving, I was giving my, uh, my spell check a run for its money today. Um, now, this is the first time he's been back to the family house for 10 years, and he's being kind of a dick. Like, Natsuki's happy to see him, but... She's the only one. Like, when he sees great-grandma, he's like, oh, shit, I can't believe you're still alive. And we find out that he was adopted into the family, that he's great-grandfather's bastard child. So, great-grandma, the one who's the one who's about to turn 90, adopted him after, I guess, after her husband passed and raised raised him like like his like her own child, which I think is pretty crazy. Um, but then he says he's, they, someone says that he sold the last of granny's property and took the money to go to America. Um, but, um, Natsuki has a almost creepy affinity for her uncle. Cause like when he shows yes. up, she's like, Oh, hi uncle. Like, like I said, she was the only one who's happy to see him. And whenever they walk out of the room, she's like, got it. They're like arm in arm. And she's like, Oh, tell me everything about living in America. Um, she wants now, to go to Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, she wants to go to Disneyland, or then then go to Disney World and just see all the Disney resorts. Um, they're playing a card game called Hana Fuda, H A N A F U D A, and I don't know how this game is played. But the most interesting thing I can tell you about it is a very popular company that is still around today, after 125 years, got its start making cards for this card game. That company is Ooh. Nintendo. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, Nintendo's been around for like wow. 130 years now. And they started as a... I, I kick myself that I didn't go see it the last time I was there, but in Kyoto, you can <coughs> still go to their original office building that is the Nintendo Trading Card Company. Or, or, or the card card playing card company. Wow. Yeah, Nintendo, Nintendo did a lot of shit before they made video games. Something about Japanese companies is like they have a, some of them have a very long game and some of them play it very well. (laughs) Now, I have no idea how this game works. I wish I did, but I don't. Um, But that night, Kenji's laying in bed and he gets a text. Now, now remember, this is 2009 and most of the phones in this movie are old flip phones. Like, you'd look at them nowadays and be like, why are you using a flip phone? There's, There's only one smartphone, one iPhone in this movie and that's the one that, uh, that uh, Wabiske has. Um, anyways, but that night he gets a text that seemingly, or Kenji gets a text that's seemingly just a bunch of random numbers. But then he gets out his notepad and starts to write. Because you got to remember, he's like a savant when it comes to mail, uh, when it comes to math. Um, and it's some kind of a math problem. When he solves it, there's a message that he sends back to whoever sent him the problem. And soon he gets a message that's just a countdown timer that ends with a jack-in-the-box with a creepy smiley face popping on it, out of it. Um, Which I liked. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, now we see the next morning that Uncle Doctor... See, like I said, I didn't get any of their names. There's Uncle Fisher, Uncle Doctor, un- Uncle, you know, um, Soldier, and Cousin Cop, basically. <laughs> Um, next morning, uncle doctor is looking at some kind of EKG reading on his phone. And, um, two of the kids are waking up Kenji, calling him a criminal. They're like, wake up, you criminal. And they drag him into the living room to the TV where news anchors are talking about a young mastermind behind this attack. And he's like, what the fuck? I just woke up. Attack? Attack what? And he can tell, like, even though the picture has a black bar over the eyes, I guess because he's a minor, he he knows that that's his face on the news. <laughs> now, Oz has been hacked and vandalized by an, an, 
through Kenji's account, somebody hijacked his account and is now using his avatar to cause chaos. He can't log into his account. He And then he runs and finds the kid from last night to use his computer. Um, now, at this point, Kenji gets a, a phone call from his friend in the beginning. He's like, did you really do this? Was this really something you did? And he's like, no, no, I, I don't think I did. But then he remembers the message, the email. It says a lot of people got that same email. And the bunch of numbers was Oz's unbreakable, supposedly unbreakable security algorithm. So now he's like, oh shit, I just helped crash the internet. <laughs> so he, now he has to get a guest avatar and has to find out what happened. And Oz is in total disarray. He tries to confront his stolen avatar, who then proceeds to beat the shit out of his avatar. Um, the kid, now the kid who's sitting beside him in the real world, the little kid who's been, you know, hiding in the closet with his computer, suddenly takes control of his own avatar. And back in Oz, the fake Kenji suddenly takes a huge hit out of nowhere and comes face to face with King Kazuma, the same rabbit we saw at the beginning of the movie. So this, so this little kid who's here in this house is King Kazuma, apparently. Um, now, my, probably my favorite part of this movie are the scenes that take place in Oz because they're just so... It's, it's such a, a different um, aesthetic to the rest of the movie. Because, I mean, the rest of the movie is very realistic looking. Uh, but... Um, and, then you, and then you've got it juxtaposed besides this really cartoony and very colorful internet landscape, I guess. Um, right. Now, Kazuma manages to catch this guy, the, the fake Kenji, but the little kids from earlier burst into the room and are saying they're going to take Kenji to jail. This distracts Kazuma just long enough for the fake Kenji to get away, and then this thing starts eating other avatars. Right. And after only eating, I don't know how many avatars he's had so far, but he only eats two and suddenly this thing turns into some kind of an evil-looking deity. Like, it looks like something from a, I don't know, Hindu religion or something. It looks crazy. <laughs> and now the battleground is a lot more even because Kazuma has his hands full with him. And you gotta say, I, or at least I've gotta say, I hope you agree with me, the animated fight choreography in this movie is pretty awesome. <clears throat> Yeah, it is. I liked it. I, I like. I think I'm with you. I like the parts in Oz better than the the real world, so to speak. Right, because like you know, um, Kenji's avatar originally looked just kind of like him with Mickey Mouse ears, but now he's using this this second account and he's running around as like a squirrel or something. Squirrel, and, yeah. And yeah, like all of the uh, all of the other characters have their own. Um, avatar like Uncle Fisher he, his avatar is a squid like a ninja squid and stuff like that so, yeah I, I love the creativity when it comes to all the different uh, uh, avatars inside of Oz um, so cut to uh, at this point Kenji, uh, Kazuma loses but, is, uh, but Kenji is able to keep his avatar from being eaten um, helps, and helps him escape now we cut to Natsuki and the rest of her family, and they're practicing singing "Happy Birthday" for Grandma. I'm like, is, is this song something that really needs to be practiced? Like, they're like one one of them is sitting there reading from a piece of paper. Like, who doesn't know the words to "Happy Birthday"? I, I've I've been to Japan and heard them sing "Happy Birthday." Nobody was reading from a cue card. Oh, oh well, there you go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now at this point uncle uh wabiske is not he's not joining in the he's not joining in the singing he's busy looking at his phone reading something and um kenji discovers that the guy who stole his account is actually not a person it is a hacking ai called love machine the name of this ai is love machine it was developed in a lab in pittsburgh of all places but escaped. Now, at lunch, Kenji's picture is still on the news, and the whole family gets to see it this time. You know, one aunt comes in screaming about Natsuki's boyfriend being a con artist, and the cop cousin is screaming about him too, and now they think that he's the one who did this, like he's some kind of cyber terrorist. Um, Kazuma and Kenji are talking about the AI, how it seemed to enjoy the fighting 
just as the whole family comes crowding into this little room looking for Kenji. Now, there's a lot of family drama going on right now. Kenji and Natsuki are getting roasted, and one of the aunts notes that someone in their family matches the fake story that Natsuki gave them all for Kenji. Her uncle. Her uncle matches the story because he was from an old family. (laughs) He went to Tokyo University, and he studied abroad in America. And apparently Natsuki has had some kind of a secret crush on her uncle, or a serious crush. Like, when she was a kid, she, I don't know, supposedly wrote some some poem in school about how much she loved her uncle or was in love with her. And at this point, she's just like, oh, God, please stop. Please stop talking. Don't tell everybody. And I, lo- I love, and it happened with Kenji earlier, but when they when they get embarrassed, I love the way they turn them red. Oh, it's yeah. very, very noticeable red. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, and yeah, that, that does make for some very good uh, comedy there. Um, now, <clears throat> I guess her crush on him is made only slightly less weird by the fact that they aren't really close blood relatives. I mean, I'm not sure. I guess if he was... If he's adopted. Well, he was adopted, but he was her great-grandfather's illegitimate child. So. Right, so... I guess only partially family. I don't know, but still, that's still kind of weird. I don't know for for someone yep. that's for someone as young as her to to be obsessed with this older guy. I mean, not I guess not anymore. I mean, I guess she just still really loves him. Now Kenji is getting arrested. He, you know, the 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 cop cousin's like, I'm taking him in. He's he's gonna pay for his crimes. Now, Ken, but but then grandma, great grandma, asked Kenji like, Was that really you in the photo? And he's like, Yes, it was really me. But he's still really polite, and he's like. He's, a, he's polite enough to thank Grandma for having him. And he, he says, he's like, I don't get to eat with anyone often because my parents are working all the time. So it was really cool to, to get to eat a meal as a family with somebody. And as he is being taken away, now I got to say, I, I love the fact that this cop cousin drives a, a Mazda RX-7. That's a, that's a pretty sweet car. I would love to drive one of those someday. Um, now... Yeah, and as he's being taken away, Natsuki is like running behind the car, I guess, for just for dramatic effect. Now, we get this scene of Love Machine just doing whatever he wants in Oz. Like, while one of the aunts is, uh, the, the, the one who's obsessed with baseball is watching it, watching the, watching the game, the news cuts in about the satellite from earlier and how, how they've lost contact with it. And she's just like, oh, I don't care. I don't want to, I don't care about this. There's a huge traffic jam on the road, and Love Machine is causing havoc with everybody's GPS, the underground water mains, like elderly people's life alert systems and fake emergency calls, and just just all kinds of pandemonium all across the country. All from this one AI. Now, all of the members of the, not a bunch of the other members of the family are calling Grandma to say they can't make it to the birthday celebration, because one of them is a, a, a nephew, I guess, who who was a fireman, one is an EMT, one is a, um, uh, I guess maybe construction or something. So yeah, they're all so busy. They're like, like we, we, we're, we're not, we're not going to be able to make it. Yeah. And they're all getting, it's a lot of bogus calls though, you know, they're yeah, a lot fire of fire alarms, but there's mm-hmm. nothing around. Yeah. Yeah. Getting fire alarms. And like I said, getting fake, uh, life alert calls for elderly people. Um, yep. And, and like the, yep. the road is so backed up that they just, turn around and bring Kenji back to the house. And this is when we find that Love Machine can access any of the over a billion accounts from Oz. Everything up to and including the ability to fire nukes can be done through Oz if it takes the right account. If Love Machine gets access to the right account, it can fire nukes. Which is... That's crazy. That is horrifying. Like, could you imagine if something like that happened today? I really hope we never make it to that. You don't want to think about that? (laughs) I don't really want to think about it either. Um, (laughs) And see, this is where, like, one of the synopses I read for this movie earlier today said something about a young math whiz kid has to pretend to be this girl's boyfriend for a summer trip. Like, really? That's a terrible synopsis. (laughs) You are leaving out a massive chunk of this movie. Um... Now, I grandma, love that synopsis because it doesn't let you. It doesn't give away what you're about to get into. True, though. true. Because I had no idea what I was getting into the first time I saw it. Just someone said, "Hey, there's this movie called Summer Wars. Watch it. It's really good." Um, 
Now, Grandma decides, Great Grandma decides to take matters into her own hands and starts calling all of her family members and encouraging them. I guess just being very positive and encouraging them. But then she starts calling people like the police commissioner and politicians and, and like, a, you know, because I guess she's been from this old family. There's a lot that she still has a lot of connections. Um, and I guess grandma's encouraging words were enough to get help people make headway and Love Machine doesn't seem happy about it. And like he starts looking through a list of family insignias and finds the one of Natsuki's family. It's, it's like a, a bird of some kind. And, and you see, as soon as you see that, you see grandma's got this bird on the back of her, uh, her uh, dress, I guess, whatever she's wearing, a kimono. Um, now, Kenji is trying to log back into Oz. He finds he has to do another one of these or uh, the, does another one of the huge math problems just to log into Oz, and his friend lets Kenji know that he was not the one that set Love Machine loose because he got, like, one number or one letter in the answer off or something like that. Um, so technically well, it wasn't yeah. his fault, but Love Machine still has his account. Um, that evening, it seems like the crisis has passed. Everyone's eating dinner, watching the baseball tournament. Oz has gotten back to normal, except for two million users that Love Machine still controls. And um, this now, is the is point. that worldwide, or was it just two million in Japan? That's what I heard, anyway. I on think the dub. I think it was worldwide. I'm not sure. I mean, everybody all around the world uses Oz. I forgot <coughs> right. to mention. I forgot to mention earlier. Like it, it like automatically. Um, like if you type something in English, it would automatically translate to Japan, to, to, to Japanese or to Germany, you know, or to German. God, I can't talk tonight. Um, whatever, um, whatever language that other person was reading it in. Um, so yeah, it's a worldwide thing. It's not just in Japan. No, now, I knew that. I just, I thought they when in the dub, they said the 2 million in Japan. So I didn't know what the worldwide number was. Oh, okay. Well, you might be right then. You might be right. But this is where Uncle Wabusuke... You never know with a dub. Yeah, yeah, you don't. Oh, God, there's... <laughs> fun fact, fun fun little story about a dub I watched one time. This is from a, an, an anime from, like, 1994, 95. There's this one scene where, like... It, this, it takes place in the real world, and there's this one place scene where there's an explosion, and a bunch of reporters go running over there, and there's just a bunch of random chatter... But you hear this one woman scream, Oh my God, my dress is on fire! Like, what does that, what does that have to do with anything? Nobody has a dress on fire right now. So yeah, whenever it comes to, to, to dubs, you don't really know what you're going to get. It's kind, kind of a mishmash. Um, now this is where Uncle Wabiske decides to reveal he's the one who programmed Love Machine. He's the one who created it. In Pittsburgh, whenever he was working in America, he helped create this thing. And Love Machine is still absorbing more and more accounts and getting more and more powerful. Um, it's kind of like the Blob; he just keeps absorbing and keeps getting bigger. And then every oh, account, yeah, there you go. <laughs> every account that he takes, he now has the access to all of the act things that that account has access to. He is supposedly unstoppable. And Wabiske actually got an offer from the U.S. military for Love Machine but wanted to see this thing in action, so they set him loose in Oz to see what would happen. So, and, and, and he said earlier, this thing wants to learn. He's a learning AI, he's a hacking AI, so he just wants to continue doing and seeing what happens when he does things. He's like a little kid, almost, if he gave a little kid nuclear launch codes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, wonderful <laughs> idea. Um, now, and, and everyone's like, are you serious? This is your fault? And he's like, ah, it's not my fault. I just, I didn't, I'm not responsible for what he's doing. I just created him. And this is, and, and, and he tells grandma, he tells his great grandma that like he sold love machines. So, so the family would have money again, so they could like return the family to their former glory. And the money that Wabiske got from grandma originally funded love machine. And grandma hears this. She takes a blade from the family suit of armor that's, start, that's sitting there and starts swinging at him. Like, she is pissed. And she is one feisty oh, yeah. old lady. Like, she is... She tells him, get on your feet and die like a man. In the, in the original Japanese of that, she said, like, right here, right now, die. 
That's basically what she said. Oh, like okay. I basically okay. was saying, I want you to drop dead right now. Um, and 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 Wabiske, he just he just grabs the blade and kind of shoves it away. Somehow does not manage to to slice his his hand open, and then leaves. Natsuki is upset, and Kenji tries to console her, but she's not in a listening mood. And that's when he notices Grandma kind of calling him over to her. Now that now they play Hanafuda. Right. And he's like, I've never played this game before. And she's like, well, you'll learn fast. And she says, and she's like, oh, well, we need to be betting something. It's not fun if you're not betting something. So she says, if she wins, then Kenji has to take care of Natsuki. And he's like, I don't think I can do that. But Grandma has a lot more faith in Kenji than he has in himself. Um, and Grandma wins. and like, I win. I got it. And Kenji goes to bed. <laughs> now he wakes up the next morning. And the family dog is barking like crazy outside his window about something. Everyone is going to Grandma's room. She's unresponsive. They're doing CPR on her, and it's not working. And so, that, so, so Uncle and the Doctor, Uncle Doctor, yeah, is monitoring his vitals from his phone, which I was, I was pretty impressed by that. Two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah. But he, <coughs> the day before, when he'd been looking at them. He thought that the numbers looked a little strange. Right. Now he now he calls the time of death. The whole family was there, and he calls the time of death. And he's like, there should have been an alarm on his phone if something went wrong. But the vital program on his phone stopped receiving data because of the hack in Oz. Oz I guess. being down, yeah. 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 See, that's another very good reason why you don't want everything connected to the internet. Um, Very true. Now, Wabiske is nowhere to be found. Everyone just seemed kind of lost without Grandma. She was just, she was the backbone of the family. Like, Kenji just kind of sits there and holds Natsuki's hand as she cries. And the news is still talking about now there are 10 million users who can't access their Oz accounts, because earlier they said 2 million, now there's 10. Now, part of the family's planning Grandma's funeral instead of her birthday party, but one of the uncles, Uncle Fisher, is going on about yep. taking down Love Machine. He's like, we gotta stop this thing. We gotta do something about it. And, like, and Kenji agrees with him. And yep. all, all of the women in the family are just like, this is not our problem. Just leave it. We don't care. Now, one of the other, I, I guess it was another uncle, or maybe it was one of the cousins... We we now we find out he owns a computer store, and <laughs> it's like yeah we we might be able to 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 do something about this. And Uncle Fisher is again telling another story about the time that the family had to defend their home from an army that was like twenty times their size by trapping them in a false retreat. So they decided that that's how they're going to defeat Love Machine. And the ladies are still preparing Grandma's funeral when the computer uncle shows up with a massive supercomputer. This is not something you'd find at Best Buy. This thing is like the size of no. a car. And just drops it in the middle of the floor. Um, uncle Fisher shows up with a fishing boat on the back of a truck, and they're going to use this thing as a generator. And he just drops it into the family koi pond because he's like, oh, it's going to need water to cool it. So Yeah. Now, the third uncle shows up with some kind of military-grade communication equipment on the back of a Humvee, and, and Kenji's like, what exactly do you do for the SDF? And he's like, I couldn't tell you. If I, if I told you, I'd have to kill you, <coughs> basically. And um, they start setting up giant chunks of ice from the boat around this computer to keep it cool. And on Oz, they send out a challenge to Love Machine, who shows up at noon sharp for this fight. So it, it's, it's supposed to be Cosma versus Love Machine. And for a while, it looks like Cosma's winning, but then Love Machine just takes off. He starts throwing everything he can at Cosma up to and including buildings. Now, Cosma's is trapped until Uncle Fisher's <coughs> avatar shows up and to run interference. And then a door of some kind opens and Cosmo goes running in there and love machine follows him inside before locking it down. This supercomputer that they've got is making it possible to lock up love, uh, love machine. 
And for a second, it looks like the battle's over. The the avatars of the uh, emergency worker in the families, um, they show up and they start pumping water like straight into this place where Love Machine is locked up. Now I'm sitting here going, okay, that's a neat visual, but we're talking virtual water in a virtual world trying to kill an AI. How's that supposed to work? It's not like Love Machine <laughs> breathes. <It's, laughs> okay, a little bit of bad logic here in the movie. That is not the that is not the worst problem I have with this movie. We'll get to that later. Um, now it looks like Love Machine is finished right before the trap starts to collapse, and the supercomputer like like the dude opens the door into the room and it's like just all this heat coming out of there, and all the ice that they put in there is gone. It is because the idiot cop took all the ice out of the room and put it around Grandma because like they've just got Grandma laying there you know in her room. Which is which is a, a normal way that they would do things, and oh, is put, it okay? I was wondering yeah, about that. Yeah, like um, I mean, different religions. Like, I think I think this would be like a Shinto religion because you know how they put like they put like out a, a little like bowl of rice for her and stuff like that, and we're burning incense. Um, I guess they were just kind of doing that before they could really prepare the actually prepare her body for burial. Um. Now, I got to give the guy points for at least trying, you know, being considerate of grandma, but that was a horribly stupid move. Now, Natsuki hasn't been doing much since grandma passed, and she has Uncle Wabisuke's phone and is trying to unlock it. That's like all she's really doing right now. Now, Love Machine in Back in Oz, Love Machine breaks loose in a huge way. He no longer has a solid form but is made up of all the avatars he's stolen. So it's just this like giant mass of stolen avatars, over 400 million. Whew, that is a lot. I'm trying, to think a of, ton. I'm trying to think of something to like, to like compare what he looks like now. And the only thing I can really think of is like in the third Matrix movie when the giant mass of Sentinels comes flying into or comes flying into um, Zion towards the end of the movie. That's kind of what it made me think of, but even on a much bigger scale than that. Um, now Cosmo is just frozen and just like he he can't he can't do anything. He just doesn't know what to do and just get basically just about gets kicked off the internet. Like just knocks him into this wall, um, and he just kind of he just kind of hangs there. Now, back in the real world, the cop cousin is talking shit about, oh, you guys are being so lazy, you're playing this stupid game. And Hazuma, Kazuma just calls off and punches him square in the face. I love that part. Um, now, the world clocks on Oz all start to act weird and then start counting down from two hours and ten minutes. And they're like, what's happening? Why is it counting down? What happens in two hours? And we see a bunch of satellite imagery of nuclear reactors. Now, the asteroid probe that has been mentioned like two or three times already in this movie has veered off its course and is entering Earth's atmosphere. Love And, and Love Machine, with the all the stuff he's got, he could crash it into any one of the 500 nuclear facilities there are in the world. All from this one little AI. So... We cut to Natsuki, who's helping, who's helping the family prepare for the funeral, and she finds a letter from Grandma to the family that says, you know, open in the event of my death. And she takes it and runs off to read it to the family, but before she can, you know, Kazuma is still talking to one of his uncles about how this satellite, the core of this satellite that's about to crash, it's a meter in diameter, so about three feet, not very big, but it's moving at seven kilometers a second. And I looked it up. That is 4.35 miles per second. Cool. And I, and I was like, so 4.35 miles per second. That's like 15,000 miles per hour. Like, can anything actually go that fast? And apparently, yes, like an intercontinental ballistic missile could go that fast. And that's what the guy says. When this thing hits, it's going to be like a ballistic missile. Even though it's not an actual explosive, the, the reaction... Just the, the devastation it would cause when, if it hit a nuclear reactor, the fallout and loss of life would be catastrophic. 
So Love Machine still has over 400 million accounts, and one of them has the controls for the satellite. And they have two hours to try and get them back, to try and get the controls back. Now, Kazuma just kind of panics, jumps back into Oz, and tries to take out Love Machine, but gets instantly wiped out. So now Love Machine has Kazuma, King Kazuma, too. And he he actually grows rabbit ears on account of it. Um, So now the only person that could help them would be Uncle Wabiske. But Kenji's not giving up yet. Natsuki, sh- and, you know, Natsuki is watching this and she just kind of like storms out. She shoves the letter into her aunt and leaves you know, the letter from grandma and tries again with her uncle's phone and gets it right this time. The hint was birthday. Like, how did you not get that? It was, and, and well, we find out later it, it, was, it wasn't his birthday. Um, she calls him and tells him about grandma. And he's just, for a second, you can see he's just devastated that, that, sh- that, he, that she's gone. And... I thought this was really kind of cool because outside the car window, you see a bunch of people all, you know, walking on the street and you see two figures that look like grandma and a young Wabiski. That's exactly what they're supposed to look like. And in grandma's letter to her family, you know, one of, I guess the aunt is reading it now and it's just more kind words to encourage the family and basically saying, yes, if Wabiski ever comes back, Forgive him. You know, make sure he knows he's family and he's welcome. Never turn your back on family, even if they hurt you. And by the time she's finished reading the letter, Wabiske's car comes crashing back into the yard. He must have been he must have been flying because he was, was like doing donuts while going at the same time. I don't know how I don't know how he's I don't know how he survived that crash. <laughs> now I love that the world is about to end, but they still decide, hey, we should have a meal before we do anything about this. Like, hey, let's let's eat real quick. Um, <laughs> would not have been my first choice. So they decide to challenge Love Machine to a game of Hanafuda. And they're going to bet all of the family accounts against Love Machine while Wabiske is looking for a weakness basically looking for a weakness in this this ai now here like i said i don't understand this game or how it works i just know there's something there's something that they say and that is koi koi and that's like i don't know it's like i don't know if it's saying something like go fish or i'm taking all the points i don't know what it means i'd love to learn how to play a uh a game (laughs) i'd love to learn how to play this game um now, Natsuki is, is at first, she's doing well because she bets, like, the whole family, and then she wins. And yeah, apparently she's really good at this game. Um, and her avatar inside of uh, inside of Oz looks like this girl with, like, fox ears or something and this, like, really pretty kimono. Um, now, they go on for a while, but then she loses a hand. And now she only has, like, 74 accounts. Because they're they're right, betting seventy five for minimum bet. Yeah, seventy five for a minimum bet, and she doesn't have enough to make the minimum bet. So she's just kind of sitting there, going, "Oh shit, what do I do now?" And you're you're sitting there looking at this seventy four, and all of a sudden it turns to seventy five. Now I know this is totally a Deus Ex Machina, but I still think it's really cool. Because like out of nowhere. This one little avatar, this one very little plain avatar kind of pops up way off in the distance and it's speaking German. Like the, the text that pops up when it's speaking is German and then it switches to Japanese. And it's basically saying, here, take my account. I'll let you, I'll, I, I will give you my account to, to fight this thing. And suddenly you see people all across the world giving up their... Oz accounts to Natsuki to use it to bet against against Love Machine, and just like yeah, like I she, think they said it was hundred and fifty million. Right, she went she went from having seventy four <laughs> accounts to having hundred and fifty million, and I just I just thought that was so cool. But again, <laughs> I, I'm I'm about to get to it. Um, 
Natsuki, and then Natsuki's avatar gets some kind of rare power up from John and Yoko. And I would love to say, I would love to make a joke of like, you know, in Call of Duty, like you have a, a rare or elite weapon, you know, elites are better. Well, this, this was before loot boxes were even a thing in games. It makes me so, it makes me so mad to think that less than like just a decade ago, we didn't have to worry about fucking loot boxes and video games. I hate them so much. Anyways, back on, back onto the movie. <laughs> And so now they are betting 10 million avatars per point. And this is the only part of this movie I find completely unbelievable is that all of these people around the world are watching this card game and knowing what's going on. Because everybody's sitting there saying, Koi Koi, Koi Koi. Like, I still don't know what that means. I didn't even know this game was a thing until I saw this movie. I seriously doubt anybody watching it besides anyone in Japan would know what was going on. That's a very fair point. <laughs> yeah. But of course, Natsuki wins, and Love Machine goes from being, you know, 400 some odd million accounts to two. He has two accounts now. To two, yeah. Unfortunately, one of those is still the account that's controlling the satellite. So they're, they're down to 14 minutes, but then the clock stops, and everyone starts to celebrate, but then their clock, just in their house, on their screen, starts to tick again. And they see the satellite image. I love this part because they can, on the screen, they can see the satellite's camera feed zooming in to the dog that's in their yard looking up at the sky barking. So like, oh, fuck, this thing is coming down on top of us now. So Kenji is trying to stop Love Machine. They're, I mean, they're, they're like talking about um, evacuating, but Kenji's not, just not going to stop. Um, they're going to at least try and knock the probe off course. Like if they can just get into that account long enough just to change it a little bit, they might be okay. So, and, and, you know, love machine doing a thing that it does has all these, it, it keeps putting up those huge math problems for him to do just to get in to try and change the course. But every time he does the math problem, love machine kicks him out again. Um, so he locks Kenji out again and again. But then, finally, with like less than a, two minutes left, Kenji starts doing the math in his head. He's not even writing this shit down. And he's like, his Crazy. nose starts to bleed. I'm like, I wonder if you could really yep. think hard enough to give yourself a nosebleed. That'd be crazy. Don't don't want to. No, I <laughs> don't want to. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's less than a minute before this thing hits. Um... And Love Machine is about to kick him out again, but then King Cosmos just, I love this, just comes flying in out of the side and just demolishes what's left of Love Machine. So Kenji can get the change in. And they're all kind of like slowly looking out the window, kind of slowly turning their head because they can hear this thing coming now. They can hear it. And it hits just to the south of their house. And judging by the... It's not even an explosion, really. It's just the impact that it made. That 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 would have been insane to have seen something like that. That would like been been that would like have been like witnessing a, a meteorite hitting the ground or something. It was running that fast. It punched a hole in the ground deep enough to open up a natural hot spring. It was like out of the cloud. There's this huge geyser of water coming up out of it. So the next day. They are, they're singing happy birthday to grandma, but it's at her funeral. And there are a ton of people there to pay respects. Like, not just family, but, you know, hundreds of people. Including the baseball player. This is where I finally figured out he was part of the family. Yeah, yeah, same here. Uh, like, oh, okay, so I guess he, he did have a purpose. He's not just uh, someone that that lady was a fan of. Uh, and And, like, everybody's kind of okay now except except you know obviously grandma's not there um but the family they, they've decided that they like kenji and they're like pushing kenji to kiss natsuki in front of everybody at a funeral and you're like come on guys there's a time and yeah. place for everything but not here um but <laughs> whenever they whenever they get close kenji starts to get a nosebleed and then but it, but so he kind of like turns his head but then she kisses him on the cheek and then he gets a really bad nosebleed. I don't know if you knew this or not, but it's something bad. Oh yeah, it's like just gushing <laughs> out of his nose. Um, I don't know if you knew this or not, but uh, 
and for some reason in Japanese culture, like especially in anime and in manga, they believe that when someone is turned on, they get a nosebleed. I mean, you can find all kind of examples of that. I don't know why they believe that. I don't know anyone who I've I've never seen anybody do that before. But um, yeah. See, my 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 note was more. Man, I'd hate to be someone who gets so nervous my nose bleeds because I thought that's what it was. I didn't realize that's what it meant. (laughs) I would hate for my nose to bleed every time I got nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's how I took it. But okay, I see what you're saying. Oh, no, I did not know that was the thing. Um, but that's it. Roll credits. End of the movie. Yep. Now, I know you were not a big fan of um, of uh, Steam Boy. That was the last anime I made you watch. So let's see. I think I've got... I've had... What was it? it was, was this three animated films in a row now? That I've yeah, made you I watch? So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I guess I've gotten you back now for... Uh, for, for uh, Can't Hardly Wait and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm going to have to pick something non-animated for my, next, for my next choice. So our next choice, or speaking of our next choice, uh, what is our next film going to be? Well, being that next weekend is going to be Mother's Day, and obviously I'm not picking some romantic Mother's Day comedy. Oh, please don't. Something neither one of us have actually seen, and... Go with a movie I've heard of called Goodnight Mommy. I'm hoping it plays well with the Mother's Day theme, but I don't actually know because I haven't seen it. So this is a very rare occasion where neither of us have seen a film. Interesting. I think the last time that happened was probably Tammy and the T-Rex because I had not seen that at that point. Right, right. Yeah, that was probably it. That's probably, yeah. Okay. Well, I have to ask. I mean, I know you didn't care much for Steam Boy, but what did you think of Summer Wars? Yeah, better than Steam Boy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean overall, it's it's pretty good. I like I, I like the part in the in Oz better than the rest. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know anything about it going in, so that's always fun. To that not must, know. I mean, yeah, that yeah, I was about to say that must have been kind of a shock to think, oh, this is going to be some kind of a kind of a, a fun movie. You know, two friends fighting for the affections of one girl love of a girl also I, yeah. yeah and i was like oh i've seen movies like this before and then no anyway it was different I'm like nope it's gonna take a big twist right about here oh maybe maybe one of the reasons i like it so much this um um the director of this movie the uh, mama mamaru hosoda he did another film called wolf children which i'm gonna hopefully get that. You, yeah i'm hopefully gonna get you to watch that one someday um I just remember it's pretty long, and I'll be honest, even for an anime movie, the ending is kind of melancholy. It's not really sad, like crying, but it's just kind of like, oh, that's 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 kind of sad, kind of unfortunate. But, um, but we've got plenty of time <laughs> on both of our hands right now, so um, we'll, just con- we'll just keep doing things the way we're doing things. So tune yeah, in next know, week yeah. to hear about... I'm sorry, I already forgot again. What was it called? I love you, mommy, or good night, mommy. Good night, mommy. Okay, good night, mommy. Yes, that's that's that sounds interesting. So that is going to wrap things up for this episode of Cinematic Blind Spots. I'm Adam, and I'm Josh. And I guess we're just going to have to make this kind of a regular part of our ending. But um, if you guys are in a place where the quarantine is still in effect, stay home, stay safe. Let's squash this idiotic COVID-19. I'm so, so sick of it right now. But um, y'all, all, everybody stay safe, stay healthy. And always remember, whether you're in your car or in your theater, be sure to check your blind spots. And we will see you on our next episode. You guys take care.